an honor to be here. Um, what a privilege. Uh, we love, 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 love this church and your pastors. Really, you're, you're being talked about all over America, just the, the move of God that is Fellowship Church. And uh, we love your pastors, um, Pastor Sean and Diana, and I know you do too, but we just so appreciate them and love them. And um, it's a huge privilege and a huge honor to be here. Anybody love your pastors? Can you make some noise? And so... Next week, if you're new here, please come back next week. Hear a real preacher, okay? Uh, it's going to be amazing as, as he's back from uh, getting some rest, um, taking a little break. And uh, so he's going to come back full of vision, full of fire, full of God's word. And so you do not want to miss next week, okay? And so, um, but it is a privilege to be here. Let me introduce you to my family really quick. Uh, my wife and baby girl could not be here today. We have just moved, actually. Here they are. That is, um, that is Goldie Ray, seven months old, just the cutest thing. We call her Golds, we call her Ray Ray, we call her Gaga, we call her, we have so many nicknames, she ain't going to know what her name is, but, um, but uh, that's Goldie, we love her, seven months, eight months in July, and that's my wife of, in August, 11 years, hallelujah. I know I look 13, but I'm grown. And we've been married 11 years, and we're loving life, loving Jesus. Three weeks ago, we jumped in a U-Haul, and we drove through the desert to Las Vegas, Nevada, to plant a church. How many think Vegas needs one or two or 300 more churches? And I know y'all come and visit, but I know y'all, none of y'all gamble. You just come to pray. Amen. Amen. We just pray, Pastor. Pray, pray. We don't even eat at the buffets. We just fast and pray. So listen, if you're ever there... Come visit us on a Sunday morning. I will not ask you what you did the night before. I'm just saying, though, if you hit it big, don't forget about me. Okay? And so, um, City Light Church, citylightvegas.com. Pray for us, please. Uh, we feel the prayers of the saints literally all over America praying for us. We've been traveling and preaching for the last five years, have literally traveled over a million air miles around the world, preaching the gospel, seeing Literally, I don't know, thousands and thousands, thousands of people come to Christ and uh, saved, healed, delivered. And uh, now we want to take that message to Las Vegas. And we are so excited to do so. Uh, let's turn to Isaiah 43. And uh, I want to come back. So I, I've decided, even if Pastor Sean doesn't invite me back, I'll just come back every year and like park cars or move chairs. I'll be an Ursher, whatever I got to do. Because I love the Ursher, baby. Because I love this church. Y'all are amazing. Um, and uh, hashtag go Warriors. Okay, Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Um, says this. Forget the former things. Uh-huh. I heard a mmm already. Because this text will preach by itself. By the way, y'all can talk back to me too, okay? You won't make me feel uncomfortable. I'm a Mexican. We yell about everything. We just yell. I love you. We just yell. We just yell. So you can, you can shout me down. Okay, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I just want to preach for a few minutes. This is the last service of the morning, so... Uh, Pastor Sean said, I have seven hours, so we're just going <laughs> to preach right into the next service. Amen. 
Half y'all laughing, half you're like, Jesus, I'm just so hungry, Jesus. I just need him to not be serious. Okay, 30 minutes. I'm just going to preach about a new thing, a new thing. Can you elbow your neighbor on both sides and just tell him a new thing, a new thing, a new thing. Make him uncomfortable. A new thing, a new thing, a new thing. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are doing a new thing. I thank you for the anointing to preach your word, that you said you, you take this thing called preaching and you said it's, it's foolish, it's, it doesn't make sense that a man of God or woman of God could come and open the book of God and somehow... You take those words and it goes beyond uh, self-help. It goes beyond motivation. It goes beyond just a, a TED talk or an inspirational talk. You, you somehow take the message and you make it supernatural and it changes us. So I'm asking you to anoint me to preach and I'm asking you that every one of us would hear the word, receive the word, and then obey the word. I thank you you're doing a new thing and we do perceive it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Uh, I was recently pulling up into Starbucks to get my coffee. Coffee is from God. Well. <laughs> All you tea people need to wake up and smell the coffee, okay? Because it's about coffee. And I went into Starbucks to get my coffee. When I pulled into the parking lot, I went to pull in, but uh, a man had been double parked. Now, if he would have accidentally been double parked, you know what? I'd have just prayed for him and we'd have moved on. But he, he had double parked in such a way that he went in like sideways as to take two spots. And immediately the Lord began to work on my sanctification. <laughs> he ain't done with me yet. Amen. I said, Lord, okay, you're working on me. All right. You, you want to start at 7 in the morning? Okay. I feel like you could have waited until after I got my coffee to start working on my character. But you want to start early? Let's go. Turn up. I'm ready. <laughs> So we pull in, and, and now listen, if it would have been a, a, a Bentley or a Maserati or a Rolls Royce, I wouldn't have hated it. I would have said, play on, player, play on. <laughs> but, it was, but, but it was like, a, I'm laughing because I can see the car in my head. It was like a 1987 Camaro. Uh -oh. Like not old enough to be vintage, come on somebody, just old, <laughs> rusty. Like electric windows, but they don't really work anymore. It's just like, y'all know what I'm saying? Like, come on, we've all had that car. Like, Lord, please let this window go up, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Where are my broke down car people? That Your car was put together by Christian bumper stickers. God shall supply all my needs. No, don't roll down the window. We'll go back up. Come on, somebody. Y'all. Am I the only hood? Okay, I'm from the hood, y'all. I guess you're from the burbs. I don't know. So anyway, so, so and, and the car's there, and there's this dude out there that's just loving life with like a Trenta Frappuccino. Like it's so big, you don't think it's real, you know? And, uh, and he's leaning on the car, and he's there just trying to pick up girls. He's trying to pick up chicks. Now listen, I don't claim to have game, but I know no game when I see it. <laughs> Homie had no game. You don't try to pick up a girl at 8 in the morning, 7 in the morning with a Trenta Frappuccino. You just don't do it. And he's like, you know, he's like trying to make coffee jokes. Like, <laughs> just trying to wake up, a little morning joke. <laughs> I'm like, what else are we doing here, bro? Yes, I'm here for coffee. We're all here for coffee. And I remember walking in and just, here's, here's the thought I had. I bet this dude was so cool in high school. But he ain't in high school anymore. Come on. 
Like, I bet he was the captain of the football team. I bet he got that car when he graduated high school. I bet he was the man. But it's 2017. Like, the only way I could explain it was like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Now, I don't watch movies. I pray and fast, but I know y'all watch movies, so I'm trying to be relevant. I just thought, what is this guy? He, he was in 2017, but he wasn't. Physically, he was, but he was stuck somewhere else. See, God says this, number one, here's my first point. God said, I'll give you the grace to forget your past. Yes. Amen. Uh, homie was stuck in the past. Now, what we just sang about is actually in Isaiah 43. You'll have to read it later. God begins to take the children of Israel on a history lesson. And he actually begins to walk them through some of the good things he's done. Now, see, when we read Isaiah 43, we go, oh, yeah, I'm going to forget the past, the bad things, the terrible. I'm moving forward, I'm moving forward. But actually, as much as your past mistakes can limit you, your past victories can limit you. God says, remember when I split the Red Sea? Oh, yeah. Remember when I did this miracle? Oh, yeah. Remember when I delivered you from Egypt? Oh, yeah. We just sang about it. He goes, now forget it. What? How do I? What? Why do you want me to forget it? Here's why. Because God does not want you limited by victory. And he doesn't want you stopped by defeat. So I can be inspired by my past, but I cannot live there. I might even be a little ashamed of my past, but I cannot live there. I cannot let a past victory limit me. I cannot let a past defeat stop me. I'm, I, I, I'm not... I'm not mad at my past, but I cannot live in my past. So God says this. He says, forget the former. This word forget is an amazing Hebrew word. It means, uh, the, the word is zakar, and it means stop mentioning. How many know people that just talk about their past? Just, you know, I remember when I was back in the day when I was, yeah, yeah. I remember the good old days when church didn't look like a club. And we went, I remember when we were in the community center, we were real small and everyone was going to hell. I liked it better then. God bless you. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on. We can get stuck in the past because all we do is talk about the past. God says, stop talking about it. Number two, it means to listen. Ooh. Your past has a voice and it never stops talking. God says, stop Listening to the former. Number three, this word zakar means to protect. Wow. God says stop protecting your past. Stop defending your past. As long as you're protecting it and defending it, you'll never get free from it. And then he says do not dwell on it. This word dwell means to pay attention to. Friend, you can only drive so far on these San Francisco streets using your rearview mirror. You might be able to get a little bit, but eventually you're going to hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. God says, stop paying attention to your rearview mirror. Never able to look forward into what I have for you. This word dwell means to possess, like dwell in the land, possess the land. Hear me, friend. As long as you're possessing your past, you're going to be possessed by your past. Some of y'all don't have a devil. You just have a past. 
I think they're possessed. Yeah, they are possessed. They're possessed by their past. Because as long as you're possessing it, you will be possessed by it. I was recently golfing with a friend. He began to open up about his marriage and began to kind of complain about his wife. Now, I immediately got offended because I know his wife. She's amazing. And I said, brother, she loves you. Now, first of all, that's a miracle. Come on, somebody. Like, ladies, you know what we look like, smell like, act like, sound like in the morning. And you still love us. God is a good God. Hello. I said, homie, she loves you. I said, she loves your kids. I said, she loves God. She loves the church. What's wrong with you? She's awesome. She's beautiful. Drop dead gorgeous. I said, what's wrong with you? He goes, well, I guess just to be honest, I miss my ex-wife. There was some ladies in here like, oh, you do, don't you? Oh. Oh, you miss her. Oh, okay. Huh. I ain't messing this up. This is too much money. I'm going to mess you up. <laughs> now, see, y'all got offended, but I really got offended because I'd heard about his ex-wife. She was all messed up. She was the perfect example of a country music song. She took his dog. She took his car. She took his money. She took his house. She didn't even like dogs. She liked cats, but she took his dog anyway. That tells you she was messed up. She liked cats. That tells you she was messed up. All the cat people, forgive me. You need freedom. Go buy a dog. You'll never be the same. They're awesome. I said, that's right. I, I said, this woman was evil. She didn't like your kids. She didn't like you. She took all your stuff. She cheated on you. She went, left you for another guy. What's wrong with you? And he goes, I know. But man, she could cook. <laughs> Let me tell you what he was doing. He was protecting his past. Sugarcoating his past. Fantasizing about his past. Telling himself, he had selective amnesia. Telling himself it was better than it really was. Friend, write this down if you're taking notes. Your past is a thief and your past is a liar. And your past will blind you from the good that is right in front of you. It will limit you. It will stop you. And God said, even if it's good, you can honor your past without being obsessed about it. I can honor my heritage, but not be limited by my heritage. I can honor my last name and my family and my family tree but not be limited by it. Ah. So see, I remember it, hear me, to, to forget means that my past is no longer the emotional anchor by which I make decisions. So my past is a part of my story, but it's not my whole story. My past is a chapter in my book, but it's not my whole book. It's a part of my testimony, but it's not my whole testimony. I have a past, it's a part of who I am, but it's not the whole thing. Friend, I just wonder today at this 1145 service, what do you need to forget? What do you need to stop talking about? Who do you need to stop listening to? What do you need to stop possessing? <laughs> Friend, God says, I'll give you the grace 
to forget. Number two, God said, I'll give you the power to embrace. The power to embrace your present, the power to embrace the process. Now, God said this, I'm going to make a way in the wilderness. Now, when we, when we think of this, I, I always thought making a way, make a way was a miracle word. I always thought it meant God's going to go, boom, there you go, and there's the, there's the road in the wilderness. Boom, there you go, and there's the water in the wasteland. But this word making a way, making, is not a miracle word. Hear me, it's a process word. Ain't nobody saying Amen. Like there was one frustrated laugh that she's in process right now. She's like, oh, 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 I know about that. <laughs> this word make is the same way God formed Adam. He didn't just say Adam be. He spoke everything else into existence. But when God works on us, when God builds us, when God creates us, He forms us like a potter in a clay. He he fashions us. He lays his hands on us. He, he works on us. This word make literally means to work on. See, we want God to work on our situation. We just don't want him to work on us. <laughs> I feel a tweet in my future. Oh, God, work on my husband. Lord, work on my situation. Work on my boss. And God's saying, I want to work on you. In other words, I want to make a way for you, but I'm going to make a way, hear me, with you. Amen. What God wants to do for you, He really wants to do with you. He wants to do it in you before you ever see it on the outside. Because if God gives you everything you want, but He never makes you the man or woman you're called to be, you will mess it up when you get it. Some of y'all like, I don't know who this joker is from Vegas, but Lord, bring back my pastor in Jesus' name. He'll be back next week. Give me 20 minutes. I'm almost out of your way. So the Lord says this, or, or David said this, Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach me to number my days. Now, see, I've always read that and said this. Yeah, Lord, uh, remind me that life is short. Got to make the most of the time. But really, this word number, number, is the Hebrew word mana. It means this. Lord, teach me to appoint my days, assign my days, set my days. Whew. Friend, if you do not appoint your days, someone else will. The average American, now I ain't talking about y'all because y'all above average, but the average American, this isn't for you, it's for your neighbor, the average American is watching 36 hours of television a week. We are working a full-time job we are not getting paid for. That does not include Facebook, Instagram, and everything else. <laughs> Think about it, y'all. If you don't set your days, your TV will set your days. If you don't appoint your life, your culture will appoint your life. If you don't set the days of your family, if you don't set the days of your marriage, if you don't set your priorities, someone else will be happy to do it. And by the way, they don't love you. I recently was on a date night, didn't have my phone because I was on a date night. Amen. I feel a real strong anointing from this front row, just a witness in the spirit. And, and by the way, ladies, y'all, you don't need your phone either. Amen. No, and none of the men said amen. 
there was like one bold guy that was like, his wife looked at him like, was that you? No, no, baby, it was somebody, I don't know who it was, I don't know. So I didn't have my phone. So we're, so we're on our date. I get out of the date, look at my phone. I've got five text messages from a pastor blowing me up. Finally goes, oh, I guess you're just too busy for me. I guess you just got too much going on. I said, man, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Don't let these skinny jeans fool you, brother. Don't let the side part fool you. I'm from Belen, New Mexico. We cut people for fun. We hood. I'm from a trailer in a trailer park. Well. My wife is from a trailer in a trailer park. Her, 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 my in-laws, next door neighbors, whole trailer just blew up because there's a meth lab. I will, I, will, I will cut you. You watch Breaking Bad. We live Breaking Bad. Okay, don't mess with me. I called him. I said, never again. You ever send me a text like that? See, he don't love me. But he wants to set my days, appoint my days. Break into my date night. Friend, I'm 33 with a seven-month-old. I got to take a date night when I can get it. I'm trying to get lucky. I ain't 20 no more. Come on, somebody. That thing's a little more work these days. I said, send me another text like that. I will block your number. Because if you don't set your days, sir, culture will set your days. Culture will set the atmosphere of your family. Culture will appoint your marriage. David said, God, teach me to take responsibility. Give me the, give me the power to embrace the process. Because if I don't, somebody else will do it for me. And friend, responsibility has never been easy. Adam sinned, blamed it on Eve. Eve sinned, blamed it on the devil. So many of us don't like the life we live, but we're going to have it as long as we're blaming it on other people. Here's a, here's, a, here's a quote, it's going to hurt, but man, it's good. Everything I want in life is on the other side of a painful decision. Just a, a corporate, Because it hurts. But the life I want, the good life I want, the finances I want, the family life I want, it's on the other side of a painful decision. Uh, uh, this is amazing. Lamentations chapter 3. Y'all didn't know you were going to hear Lamentations today, did you? Lamentations chapter 3 verse 27. It is good. It is good. It's a good thing for a young man to carry his yoke in his youth. Well, how, how young is young? How old is young? Young is today because you're going to be older tomorrow. So whether you're 16 or 90, you can make a decision today that's going to bless your future. Carry the yoke now. It's heavy now, but it's going to pay dividends in the future. It hurts now, but it's going to pay dividends in the future. Uh, maybe I can't go to a movie theater and spend $4,000 on a movie. Come on, somebody. They charge a new so much. Maybe I got to be hood. Maybe I got to sneak in my own snacks. Come on, somebody. I told you I was hood. But maybe I need to pay the price now for the future I want. It might hurt now. See, because the life I want is going to take work. Work, 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 work. It's tongues after that. I don't know what she's talking about after that. 
Friend, if you're, if you're working eight hours at McDonald's and you got a migraine, you ain't ready to be a millionaire. Well, they just ordered a Big Mac and I forgot the sauce and they yelled at me and I, don't, I just want to travel. What, what's with traveling? What, when did this become so glamorous? I just want to go in a tin can in the sky. What are we talking about? I just want to travel. What do you want to do with your life? I just want to travel. What? I just want to go to Europe. What are we talking about? Work. All you young people, I'm 33, so I'm young, but I'm kind of old. I'm like the grumpy older brother. Work. I just want to travel. Stop that. Work. Hustle. It's going to hurt. But if you'll do what no one's willing to do now, you'll have what very few people will have in your future. I feel an old school anointing on me right now. Hear me. The dream is free. But the hustle is sold separately. It's like when you bought that toy, batteries are not included. Hustle is not included in your dream. If you're saved, if you got the Holy Spirit, if you got Jesus, you got a dream in your heart. But the hustle, that's on you. Friend, in your life, what can you do? It's like maybe you're driving a beautiful BMW, and I know it's fire, and I know it's black on black. It's got more horses in the state of California, and I know you feel good in that car. But maybe right now you don't need an $800 lease, maybe. Maybe you need to trade that thing in. You're going to eat some humble pie. It's going to taste like sauerkraut. <laughs> All my Mexican friends are like, what? <laughs> That's for the white people, amen. <laughs> <You're> going... <laughs> ah! Y'all know it's true too, huh? Y'all know it's true. All my tias and tios in here are like, yeah, I've seen it in the grocery stores, but I never bought it. You put it on a taco. No, it's not even good, bro. It's, a, it's just move on. <laughs> I, I, it, I don't even know what I was talking about. You know what? It's great to see you guys. We'll see you next week. Okay, no, no, I got to go, keep going. Uh, maybe, maybe you need to trade that. It's going to take some humble pot. Maybe, maybe that $100 a month Kia is going to hurt. It's going to be humbling. But you're going to have all that money. Maybe you're going to pay for your kid's college. Maybe you're going to set up an inheritance for your children's children. Maybe it's not all about you and the kind of car you want to drive. Maybe it's about setting up prosperity for the next generation. And listen, you don't even got to call it a Kia. I bless you to just kind of tell a fib. What are you driving these days? Oh, yeah, I'm driving a Kia. Never heard of it. I know. Get at my level. How much did it cost? You're not ready. <laughs> it looks like a Kia. I know. It's to keep all the thugs away from it. It, it, it might hurt now, but when you're 40 and 50 and 60, and you're walking in the blessing of God, and you're not in debt, and you're not living paycheck to paycheck, you're going to thank God you didn't drive the BMW. You're going to thank God... Friend, what, what, what painful decision can you make today that your future self will think for? What painful decision in your marriage? Friend, if you don't have a date night, y'all have to have a date night. Come on. You have to. 
You have to, once a week. And during that day night, at the end of it, y'all need to have a mate night. Now, if you're single and you got offended by that, I'm sorry. But if you're married, you need to do married stuff. Well, we can't afford a date night. It's too expensive. Then go to a dollar movie. Go to McDonald's. Get you a quarter pounder. Do something. You got to have a date night. You got to have a date night. Drive to San Francisco and just look at rich people. Okay, I get a dollar. <laughs> you got to have a date night. Why well, don't trust any babysitters? Buy yourself a little camera. Tell that babysitter, I'm watching you. Make, I know it might hurt, but you've got to invest in the right things. You got to invest in the right things. You got to invest spiritually. Are, are you in the word? If you're not in the word, you might need to wake up early. You might have to pray. You might, I know it, it might at first become a discipline, but eventually it will become a delight. Getting in the house of God, joining the growth track. It starts next week. Well, I'm embarrassed. I'm not going to know nobody. I'm not, I know it's going it's to hurt your pride a little bit at first, but get involved. Join the journey. Get plugged into the church. I'm, I'm just telling you. It might hurt a little bit up front, but your future self will thank you for it. Your future self will be so grateful that you made the painful decisions today. I just saw a friend, I haven't seen him in years, and in the last year he's lost 65 pounds. I said, my God, you look amazing. What are you doing? He goes, I'm eating right and going to the gym. I said, forget you, I'm done with you. (laughs) Went on social media, blocked him on everything. Because <laughs> I wanted him to tell me he took a pill and lost weight. I wanted him to tell me some preacher anointed him with oil and he lost weight. I wanted to hear about a new surgery and he lost all the weight in a day. I didn't want process. But most of what God is going to do in your life, you're going to have to embrace the process. I- I've got news for you, Christians. You're not going to get as many miracles as you want. But you're always going to have an opportunity, hand in hand with Jesus, to make a way in the wilderness. God said, I'll give you the grace to forget. I'll give you the power to embrace, number three, the courage to dream. The courage to dream, and the keys can come up. That's the international sign that we're about to finish. I may hate it when, like, the preacher just has the keys player the whole time. You're like, I don't know when we're finishing because you're just up the whole time. (laughs) Five-minute countdown. Here we go. Two favorite people in church, by the way, when I was growing up. Number one was a keyboard player because I knew Golden Corral was on its way. Hey, hey, whoa. And number two was the ushers because they'd pass out communion every week at my church when I was growing up. So it was my little church snack. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) By the way, some of y'all think you're Mexican. We were so Mexican. Our church, the communion bread was tortillas. God's honest (laughs) truth. I'm not even lying. 
Like, I'm not, I, y'all are laughing like, man, this guy's got jokes. That's real life. I got to keep moving. got to keep moving. That was, that's a true story. That is a true story. That is a, God says, I'll give you the courage to dream. Here's how he says it. I'm going to do a new thing. A new thing. And then he says this, but can you perceive it? In other words, can you see it? Here's why this is amazing to me. I believe the main reason we miss the new thing, the main reason we cannot perceive the new thing is because we're looking for the old thing again. So God says, can you see that I'm doing something new? And the reality is, we can't. Most of the time we miss the new thing because we're looking for the old thing. God says, I want to do something brand new. Joshua was about to enter the promised land again. Remember, he had been there before scouting out the land. But now he's going back in to occupy. And in Joshua chapter 3 verse 4, God says this. You've never gone this way before. You've, it's familiar, but it's brand new. God says, I want to do something brand new. I want to take you somewhere brand new. Spiritually, I want to take you somewhere brand new in your marriage. I want to take you somewhere brand new in your family. Y'all have never gone this way before. Maybe you've never been able to witness this way before in your family or in your generational line. But, but God says, I want to do something brand new. Amen. So, see, I used to always preach, God is the God of the second chance. God is the God of the second chance. God is the God of the second chance. I, I'm, not, I'm not against that. I, I, I think that's a great statement. But I want to say it this way. It's not really that God is the God of the second chance. He is, he is more the God of the new beginning. Amen. And many times we miss out on the new thing because we're looking for the second chance. We're looking for a, re, a, a, a repeating of history. But in reality, God has something brand new. And it's in waiting for the second chance that so often we live in condemnation and shame. Because, because maybe if you're married in here and you're going, yeah, but what could our marriage have been if we didn't go through the bankruptcy? Or what should our marriage have been if we wouldn't have made that mistake? Or what could we be now if I wouldn't have made that, that dumb decision? Or, and and, and we're, we're thinking about what could be or should be. And it's not about God saying what could have been or should have been. It's about saying, God, what can you do right now? Because the mistake was made. The sin was committed. The bankruptcy did happen. We weren't perfect. We did say some things we regretted. But now with our scars and with our pain and with our baggage, what can you do right now? So it's not about living in the what should have been, could have been, would have been. It's about what can be. It's a, it's a new beginning. It's not another chance to do the old thing again. It's a brand new start to do something new today. Ah. I've been giving you a lot of Hebrew words today, and I was so pumped about this word new because I thought, oh, man, there's going to be a gem in the Hebrew. You know, there's going to be some beautiful definition. This word, when God says I'm doing a new thing, that word new, it literally means new. <laughs> I just wanted it to be power-packed with revelation. It's nice. It's new. 
God wants to do a new thing. What does it mean that it's new? It means it's not like the old thing. I have a friend, he, he got injured in, in college. He was a football player. He was going to go pro. Fantastic. And he got injured and he, surgery after surgery after surgery after rehabilitation after tryout after tryout after tryout. And he ended up missing his opportunity. He wasn't able to go pro. And, um, you know, as, as he was healing, there was just younger, faster, more talented, more athletic guys coming up behind him. And so he didn't, he didn't get a second chance. You know, like, he's, he's in his 30s. He's not going pro. And he has a choice. He can sit on his couch and scream at the TV and say, that should have been me, that could have been me. And he could just be angry looking for his second chance. Or he can say, God, can you give me a new beginning? So now... He's coaching football. He's raising up young men. And he's teaching them how to be men, how to have character, how to work hard, how to hustle, how to commit, how to, how to be at the top, and how to handle life when you blow your ACL. It's not a second chance. It's a new beginning. And I might submit to you, maybe it's even better. I have another friend who, and it's especially emotional just thinking about Father's Day last week. I, another friend, he, they tragically lost their baby. And uh, just a terrible circumstance. And it just, I, I can't imagine. For, for the parents who are in this room who have lost their baby, I can't even, I can't even imagine. And they lost their child tragically in an accident. And uh, um, I, I what do you say? There's no words. There's only tears. There's only tears. But he, um, he, he's not going to get, and, and hear me how I say this, go on, say it so sensitively. He's not necessarily going to get a second chance, like un, until heaven, she's gone. Now one day they're going to be reunited. I'm going to be there. I will be filming it on my iPhone 8 million. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I can't wait to see them reunited. It's going to be beautiful because he loved his baby. I mean, it's just, I can't wait. But, but until then, she's gone. So they're not getting a second chance. So here's what he's praying. God, give me a new beginning. So here's the prayer and here's the ministry now. And here's what he's doing. God, heal my heart. God, restore my soul. God, anoint me to now go to other parents who have lost children. And anoint me to wrap my arms around them and cry tears that only they know the pain of these tears. And you know what? God did not take that baby. God did not cause that death. And God did not like that that happened. But God will somehow in His goodness heal us to the place that we can now heal others. And like Jesus who came to his disciples and said, touch my scars. Now that we've had a new beginning, a resurrection, wish we didn't have to go through the crucifixion, wish we didn't have to face that pain, but it did happen. 
But now with the resurrection, now with a new thing, now with a new beginning, we can look and he can put his arm around a couple and say, look at my scars. The scars prove there was pain, but the scars also prove there's been healing. It's a, it's a new beginning. Friend, God can give you a new beginning. Brand new. But he says this, but you have to perceive it. Here's where it gets amazing because this word perception, perceiving, I think we all think, oh yeah, yeah, perceive it. Like, yeah, you got to see it, you got to know it. This word perceive is best translated as a speaking word. Literally, it means this. I'm doing a new thing. Can you say it? Oh, man. I feel Jesus right now. He said, can you confess it? Are you, I said the courage to dream. Are you courageous enough to declare it? In your pain? In your disappointment? In your setback? In your heartache? Are you courageous enough to throw some praise and worship on? Lift your hands up to God and say, God, I declare you're doing a new thing. I confess you're doing a new thing. I prophesy you're the God of new beginnings. I feel foolish saying it, even in my pain. But I will be my own prophet. And I will be the prophet to my family. And I will be the prophet to my future generations. And I prophesy God is the God of new beginnings. You are doing a new thing. And I say it. I believe it. And I'll say it till I see it. Give the Lord a shout of praise all over this place. Hey. Please be seated. So my future is on the tip of my tongue. Romans 10 verse 8. The word is near you. Even in your mouth. God's word. On your mouth. It's my future. Hebrews 4.12 calls it a double-edged sword. One edge is God's mouth. One edge is your mouth. And when His word becomes your word, it becomes powerful, living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Able to pierce soul and spirit. Just like a surgeon's scalpel can divide bone and marrow. See, when, when His word gets in your mouth, that's why... God will always honor his word on your lips. And you might feel a little weird saying it. And it, and it might take some courage. Men, especially. We've been looking for a house. We've been in Vegas for three weeks. We've been so frustrated. We cannot find a house. We got in the car yesterday to look at homes. I was so ticked. I was so mad at the devil. I put worship on so loud. I said, baby, cover the baby's ears. We put our little headphones on. And elevation worship went to a 10. And I began to pray. And I began to pray in tongues. Yes, that's still for today. And I began to cry. And with one hand on the wheel and one hand in the air, I said, God, I know you have a house for us. 
And my wife is stressed out and I'm stressed out. I don't have a house for us. And we, and we found it yesterday. And listen, here, here's all I want to say. I felt a little foolish. Because you know what? Your flesh just wants to go, I can't find a house. What are we going to do? I know we have a house. I hear about or I can, Or I can prophesy. <laughs> don't take faith to say what you see. takes faith to say what he said God you're doing a new thing I just wonder today is there is there anybody point one point two point three does anybody need to forget the past today does anybody need to embrace the present does anybody need the courage to dream or maybe you just go yo homie I need all three <laughs> can I pray for you can you lift your hand can I pray for you was this word for you can I pray for you Father, I pray for my friends. I pray for, I pray for you, sir. I pray for you, ma'am. I pray for you, brother. I pray for you, sister. I pray that today God would give you the grace to forget. I pray today that God would give you the power to embrace this process. And I'm praying today that God would give you the courage to dream. In Jesus' name. Let it be. Could you close your eyes and bow your head for one moment? I promise you we will be out of here in no time. We have only been going an hour and five minutes, and we'll be out of here in five minutes. Your head is bowed, your eyes are closed, and you're going, hey, preacher, I need a new beginning. I need a new beginning with God. I need to be forgiven of my sin. I need to place my faith in something greater than me. I need to put my trust in the cross in the resurrection of Jesus. Jabin, I need Jesus. I need him to forgive me, change me, mold me, recreate me. I need Jesus. Or maybe you would say, Jabin, I used to love God, used to walk with God, used to be on fire for God. But bro, I've, I've, I've walked away. I've, I've, maybe it was a trial, maybe it was a temptation, maybe it was a weird relationship, maybe, I don't know. But maybe you find yourself like the prodigal son, Luke 15. You are in the pig pen of your own decisions. But today you're coming to your senses and you're saying, I must get back to my father's house. If you're here today and you would say, Jabin, I need Jesus for the very first time or I need to come back to Jesus, we're going to pray. And as I pray, you're going to pray. And as you pray, everyone around you is going to pray because it's going to encourage you. Pray with me. God's going to hear your prayer, and you'll never be the same. Pray together. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died just for me. You took my place on the cross. You were buried for three days, and you rose from the dead. I make you Lord of my life. Jesus is Lord of my life. Change me from the inside out. I want to follow you. I want to know your love for me. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name. Eyes are still closed because this is such a personal moment, but I'm about to ask you to raise your hand if you just prayed that prayer. Here's why. In just one moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand and here's why. 
Because as you raise your hand, you're not raising it to a preacher. You're actually lifting it right to God. And it's like you're giving God all that stuff. And God's going to take it from you. And I even believe that as you raise your hand, you will feel like a million pounds lifted off of your shoulders. As the psalmist said in Psalm 69, he took the weight off of my shoulders. He's going to do it for you. He did it for me June 10th, 1998 in Del Rio, Texas. And now he's going to do it for you. You'll never be the same. You will remember June 25th, 2017. You will say, that is the day Jesus changed everything. Preacher, I just prayed that prayer for the very first time or I'm coming back to God. You're going to raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you so you're going to keep it up, okay? Because I want to I want to pray for you. Raise your hand. 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 Raise it. Raise it. Raise it. So many hands. So many hands. Raise it. Raise it. Raise it. So many hands. So many hands. Keep that hand up so I can pray a blessing over you. Father, you see every hand. Every hand. You see every heart. You see every man, you see every woman, you see every past, present, and future. Lord, you see every struggle, you see every fight, you see every curse, and you see every blessing. I pray for my friends right now with their hands lifted. They're saying, Jesus, I need, I need you. I need to come back to you. I need to be saved by you. I'm praying in the name of Jesus that God, they would never forget this moment. Holy Spirit, fill them and seal them with your power and your presence until the day of Christ Jesus. As you've begun a good work in them right now, I pray and I thank you that you will be faithful to complete it until the day we see you in glory. God, I thank you that every hand that's being raised, families are being changed. Future generations are being changed. Curses are being broken. Addictions are being lifted. Hearts are being mended. Oh, God, get a hold of my friend. Get a hold of their heart, Lord, just like you did for me. I wasn't looking for you. You found me. I didn't know you, but you knew me. I didn't think I needed you, but I did, and you let me know it, and I've never been the same. God, do it for every one of my friends. God, do it for that young man. That's, they, they, they're so tempted. There's so much junk going on in their life, but they know they need you. And they don't know how they're going to get out of that relationship. They don't know how they're going to walk away from those friends. They don't know what they're going to do. God, make a way. Make a way for my sister who is, she's stuck with a guy and he's abusive and he's a, he's a punk. And he's treating her so bad and she doesn't know how to leave him. God, she doesn't know what to do next. God, give her the courage to dream. Give her the courage to move forward. Give her a sister in this church that will help her. God Almighty, I feel, I feel you, Jesus. I thank you. And I bless you in the name. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And I place the name of the Lord on you. And God will bless you in Jesus' name.